Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. This episode was recorded on Thursday lunchtime before the sad announcement of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. On behalf of all at which we offer our sincere condolences to the royal family. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. She still seems determined to cut taxes while at the same time spending billions on freezing energy bills. It's really important to think about the price cap in terms of your own personal bill. We're looking at bills probably in the region of three and a half to four thousand pounds a month. With the news that Britain has a new Prime Minister this week, we're assessing what the appointment of Liz Truss could mean for rocketing energy bills and your money. As we know, the country is going through a cost of living crisis and after promising help was coming during her campaign to become Conservative leader, the new PM has announced a series of support measures aimed at helping ease the financial stress millions are feeling. And to discuss what support is on the way and what it might mean for you, I'm joined by two perfectly placed witch experts. We have Sam Richardson, the deputy editor of Witch Money, and alongside him and making her debut on the podcast is witch sustainability editor, Emily Seymour. Hello, both. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Lucia. Hi, hello. It's great to have you on. Well, let's kick off then by hearing from the new PM. Here she is speaking earlier this week on the steps of 10 Downing Street after officially being sworn in. I will deal hands-on with the energy crisis caused by Putin's war. I will take action this week to deal with energy bills and to secure our future energy supply. And today we heard the Prime Minister's much-anticipated plan to tackle spiralling energy costs. Emily, you've been working across this sector, which since the start of the crisis, tell us about the relief announced today. So new Prime Minister Liz Truss has today announced that she's going to essentially freeze energy bills at £2,500 a year for the next two years. We're actually calling it a price guarantee um, rather than a freeze Mm. because actually the the cost of people's bills will still be going up a little bit more than they are currently, um, but they won't go up to quite the levels that um, Ofgem had predicted earlier in earlier the month. So we'll still all get the £400 universal handout, which was planned by Rishi Sunak back when he was at the Treasury. Um, and what will happen is our bills will have new capped unit rates and standing charges um, in line with this £2,500 per year for an average household. And what about the households that won't benefit from the cap? So people who use heating oil or those with communal heating schemes, is there any relief for those? 
Yeah, so that's an interesting one. Those households have been quite left behind up to this point. Um, and in, in, the, in the announcement from Liz Trust today, what she said was that those households, while they won't benefit from the um, £400 that, that is coming to households on the electricity grid, they are going to introduce a new fund with equivalent support for those people, which is an interesting development and something we've all been waiting for. And Emily, I have to ask, what do you think about these plans? Because if we look at the cap, £2,500, that, that could be double what people were paying last year. Is it enough? It's really important to think about the price cap in terms of your own personal bills. So the 2500 um, figure I actually find quite confusing. That's mm. supposed to be just an illustration of what an average household paying average amounts of bills using average energy um, will will pay. Now, of course, that's not everybody. That's certainly not my household. It might not be yours. Um, so mm. what you really need to look at is the increase in the actual unit rate. So that's how much you pay for every unit of electricity and gas that you use and what your standing charges will be on top of those. Um, and, and have a look at how that has changed for your bills personally from last year to now. Now, they will have gone up quite a lot um, but what was what was projected was going to be kind of double where they are now and it's and it's not going to be as big as that well industry experts have of course also been reacting to Liz Truss's appointment and her plans to tackle soaring energy bills let's hear now from Susanna Streeter from Hargreaves Lansdowne on just how much her announcement may cost in the long run it seems to be that she is going for a slash and spend approach. And what I mean by that is that she still seems determined to cut taxes while at the same time spending billions on freezing energy bills. And the amount that is likely to be spent will top £100 billion. That's much more than was spent for the furlough scheme, for example, around £70 billion. Um, there are estimates it could cost £150 billion. And what she's planning to do is borrow more. And there is concern about this approach because of uh, the UK's borrowing costs. They have already shot up. And also, a quarter of government debt is inflation-linked. So it's pretty pricey um, right now um, for the government to borrow more money, certainly because inflation's at double digits. So really, it's slash and spend. That's the policy she's planning to undertake. Sam, we've talked at length on the podcast in previous episodes about the huge amounts of money spent by the government on its COVID support packages and, and how it might be paid back. So it's really interesting to hear Susanna say the Prime Minister's energy plan will be far more expensive than the furlough help. What does this mean for our pockets? Firstly, in the short term, well, Lucia, in the short term, it's really good news. I mean, most obviously, you could be paying thousands of pounds less for your energy bills uh, over the next couple of months. But there are a few other reasons as well why it's actually going to help you in the immediate future. So take businesses, which are going to have their prices capped for six months. While they're capped, they won't have to pass as much of those energy bills on to you. If we take the price of a pint, which is always used to illustrate you know, the cost of living, if landlords had to increase the price of your pint as much as their energy bills are increasing, which is around 500 to 600%, according to Campaign for Real Ale, the cost of mm. a pint would go above £20. Now, clearly, most wow. people aren't going to pay that, but landlords would still need to charge you something more to have any hope of staying afloat. 
But while their bills are capped, hopefully few of those price rises will occur. Maybe they won't be quite as severe. Uh, but that's not all. The price cap could actually slow down uh, inflation, which, as we know, has been kind of rising this year very mm. sharply. Uh, and that makes everything more expensive. You know, that is very large part of what's been increasing the cost of living, not just energy bills. You know, at present, the Bank of England predicts inflation will peak at 13% next year, some even higher than that. But the Institute for Public Policy Research claimed in early August that keeping the energy price cap at its current level, as Truss has done, would keep inflation at 9.2%. Uh, Truss herself has claimed that her measures will reduce inflation by 5%. Now, I appreciate a few percentage points might not seem like much when we're really getting slammed by all these increasing mm. prices. but any little helps here. Some households are suffering far more from rising inflation and rising prices, particularly low-income households. So anything that can slow down inflation will have a huge and you know fairly long-term effect over next year. Or so. so fairly good news for now, it seems. But but Sam, looking ahead, should we be concerned about the amount of borrowing in the longer term? Is that likely to put a dent in our finances? We should be concerned though we may not feel the effects of that borrowing and its implications for our tax bill immediately. So we've heard from Susanna how huge these costs are. And if they're not going to be paid by windfall tax on companies, they're going to have to be paid either by cutting public spending or by taxpayers. Yet Liz Truss has actually promised tax cuts, which we'll talk about later, which could mean even more borrowing for the time being. So it's very difficult to predict when or by how much taxes will rise. It could be years into the future when we see those tax rises. You know, there are ways you can plan ahead, uh, such as by moving your savings and investments into tax-free ISAs. We've got a lot mm. of advice online at which.co.uk about that. And we'll be discussing tax a little later on in the show. But for now, if we go back to the energy relief for a moment, unlike households, businesses haven't been protected by an energy price cap. And this week, the media reported that tens of thousands of firms could be at risk of going under because of rocketing energy bills. Well, we've been speaking to Shamim Gamage, who runs Dovebook Vegan Ready Meals, a business he set up last year. Here he is on how the crisis is impacting them and the difference Liz Truss's announcement could make. So when we first started, uh, when we had a sort of a unit and we were testing these recipes, our energy bill was something in the region of £450 a month plus fat. And, you know, that was that was manageable. That was, you know, we, we were fully expecting that that would continue, that it might rise a little bit uh, over the, you know, over the, over the coming years. That was in May last year. And uh, this this year, I mean, our energy usage has gone up a little bit, but this year, from the 9th of September, we're looking at bills probably in the region of three and a half to four thousand pounds a month. And I, I think that's interesting. I think this kind of gets to the, the heart of the problem with these energy price rises, because what, what they're going to do is they are going to stifle innovation. They are going to stifle startups, new companies who people with great ideas who might have acted on them, set something up, employed people, uh, created great products, made people happy. As you probably know, there is no a cap for small businesses currently. So the, the rates of energy that are being charged are, are, are fluctuating wildly. I mean, to give you an indication, at the moment, our per unit rate is 65 pence per kilowatt hour. That's what it's going up to. But I've seen uh, recently people quoted as high as sort of £1.5, £1.10 per kilowatt hour. So the price cap, if fixed, would bring our that unit rates down significantly. So it would, it would drop it by about 40%, I think, which would be 
which would be welcome. One of the most galling things about these price rises is that we've always had a renewable only tariff. So right from the start, we said that we're going to power our kitchens with renewable electricity only. So to then have a price rise of, of the magnitude that there has been on a renewable contract, you know, the price of wind hasn't gone up, the price of solar hasn't gone up. So for the government to be fixing kilowatt or for the regulation to fix the kilowatt hour pricing to gas generated electricity, for me, is one of the biggest problems. And I think they would do well to remove that. A cap has its place for households. Certainly, a, ha a cap has its place. I favor a slightly different cap to the one that's been suggested, but I think it certainly has a place. But I really think the solution needs to be multi. We need to eliminate the link between gas and electricity prices that aren't generated from gas. And also, we need to incentivize people to, to, to make our energy supply in this country more robust. Emily, Sham's story is one we're hearing from business owners up and down the country. Does the help go far enough firstly? And then could it be too late, do you think? Well, what was announced today by Liz Trust should come as good news, I think, for, for many business owners, particularly people who have small businesses um, like Shamim, because up until this point, businesses, charities, any companies have not been covered by the energy price cap. And while domestic rates have been going up considerably, when you look at some energy bills that pubs and restaurants have been faced with, they've been just absolutely crippling. So what has been announced today is that businesses, charities, companies in the public sector will also benefit from their own cap on and their own reduced energy costs through equivalent support to what's being introduced for households. Now, mm. for households, that's going to be lasting for two years. And what Liz Trust said today is that for businesses, that's only going to be for the next six months. However, what they'll do is review that plan over the next three months. So we're looking at kind of before Christmas, there should be a plan in place which is um, circulated, which will which will help businesses with their energy bills. And in the short term, they'll see the same cap as those households. So I think, you know, ultimately that should come as fantastic news for people who are running cafes, um, pubs, any any kind of small business um, who, you know, up until today thought that they might have to close their doors. Um, whether or not it, it goes far enough, I think we'll have to wait and see what's announced in the next few months um, to see how those businesses are going to survive over the kind of coming few years. But in the short term, I think it sounds like good news. Well, Emily, despite the, the energy help being offered across the board, the fact is bills are still going to remain high, possibly uh, for several years. Now, as a final note on energy then, we recently re released a piece of research showing how much it costs to run certain appliances. Can you run us through the biggest offenders uh, and then how much difference we can make by cutting our usage? Absolutely. So we don't currently know exactly what the unit rates will be. So I can't tell you um, the kind of concrete costs per appliance um, mm. for after the October cap. But what I can do is go through which of the appliances in your home are generally using the most energy. Um, mm. It's probably worth saying first that the thing that you have in your house that's going to be the most expensive thing to run over the year is your gas boiler. So mm. central heating and hot water is kind of the biggest cost that we most homes have. Um, and so anything that you can do to sort of make your home heating more efficient, so that's things like installing insulation, having draft proofing, 
um, making sure that you're only heating the rooms that you need. So if you have kind of radiator um, valves that you can um, use to make sure, say, you, you have your upstairs rooms cooler during the day or something like that, that can be a really big difference to your bills. When it comes to electricity, though, the biggest um, the biggest offenders, I guess, in the home um, tend to be tumble dryers. So if you are running a condenser tumble dryer, the cost of that can be very, very high. Um, there are heat pump tumble dryers which use much less electricity. So if you have a heat pump tumble dryer, you're, you're off the hook. But if you have a condensing tumble dryer, then do try to make sure you're kind of only using it as and when you really need to. Mm. The other things that can be very energy intensive are fridge freezers. That's just because it takes a lot of energy to make temperatures change and they're on all of the time mm. um yeah unfortunately there's not loads you can do about your fridge to be honest because you you can't really have it turning on and off that's not recommended anyway because it actually uses a lot more ele- electricity just to kind of get it up and down to temperature so definitely don't turn your fridge off um you can uh, clean the condensing coils around the back so fridge freezers use um a technology they they pull uh, in and uh, and push air back out and and basically they have these filters at the back um if they get dusty and dirty then it can make the fridges run um, much less efficiently oh. so one tip is to make sure you're cleaning and dusting the around the back of your fridge if you can access it that can make them much more energy efficient um the other thing to note really is that um older appliances so if you've got kind of you know, a, a 20 year old chest freezer or something like that, mm. they'll be much less, um, much less energy efficient than newer things. So, you know, just right. kind of keep an eye out for stuff around the house that's, that's a bit old and make sure you don't have those plugged in um, when you don't need them. That's super, super helpful. Thank you, Emily. Just one quick thing before you head off uh, the show today. I always wonder, my television, my phone charger, my monitor, should I be going around turning these off at the plug or am I okay to leave them on standby? What's the what's the truth behind all of this? That's a really interesting question and the answers have changed over the years. Mm. So again, if you have a really kind of elderly appliance, then I would suggest you you make sure they're turned off. But for up-to-date modern uh, electronics ultimately they don't use very much electricity at all when they're just that plugged into the wall not being used so we've looked into tv costs um and to run a tv just on standby so that's having it um plugged into the wall but turned off using the remote control costs mm. an average 0.0002p an hour so <laughs> in the whole year um, just having your TV plugged in when you're not using it would cost you about 50p. So that's right. one thing that people can definitely stop worrying about. Um, and just um, you don't need to go around your household turning everything off at the wall. Oh, it's good to end on a positive note. Thank you so much, Emily, for breaking down what the announcement means for us um, and all the advice today. Um, now, Sam, it wasn't all energy announcements earlier. And throughout Liz Truss's campaign to be conservative leader, she made several major tax pledges, many of which could make a difference to our income. So can you talk us through what was previously mentioned and therefore what we might be able to expect. Of course, Lucia. Yeah. So the first thing to state is there's been a lot of promises and speculation when it comes to tax. But unlike energy, mm. we don't have any concrete plans yet. 
So everything I'm going to go through is unconfirmed um, at the time of speaking, but we know that could change rapidly. So Trust promised us an emergency budget. That would be a chance for the new Chancellor, Bozzi Quarteng, to change taxes and change how government spends those taxes. Top of the agenda looks likely to be the 1.25 percentage point rise in national insurance contributions, dividend tax, uh, known as the health and social care levy. So employees under state pension age have actually already been paying the levy since April. But employees over the state pension age who don't usually pay national insurance were due to start paying mm-hmm. the levy anyway from April 2023. So according to Institute for Fiscal Studies, cutting the levy would mean an extra £7.66 a year for the lowest earning households, uh, but an extra £1,800 for those in the highest incomes. So a huge difference Mm. depending on how much you earn. And arguably £7.66 if you're a low earning household struggling with the rising cost of living, it's not a huge help. Mm -hmm. Still, it is something. However, it's also worth considering that levy was put in place for a reason to help the government provide more financial support for those requiring old age care. So cutting it may leave that question unanswered. But there is more as well. Uh, Trust has also proposed expanding the marriage allowance. At present, if you're a basic rate taxpayer, so you earn under £50,270 a year, and your partner earns less than £12,570 a year, they can transfer you part of their tax-free allowance, £1,260 per year, which reduces the tax you pay by £252 a year. So I know that's a lot of figures. Under Truss's Mm. proposal, you'd be able to pull your entire tax-free personal allowances. Essentially, this would mean if one partner's not working at all, not earning anything, the other partner could earn over £25,000 a year tax-free, and that is a big saving. That would save you £2,514. But of course, this measure won't help families with two working parents where they're both earning above the tax-free allowances, nor would it help single-parent households who may be Mm. among the hardest hit by rising costs. Other changes we could see that perhaps could be further away or less likely include a 1p cut in basic rate income tax, which was due in 2024. It had been planned, but that could be brought forward year. Uh, we could even see a review of income tax thresholds, the amount at which you start paying income tax and the amount at which you start paying higher rate income tax, uh, which would make a big difference to your bills. We could even see a review of inheritance tax. Uh, the thresholds for which were established, I believe, in 2009 and haven't shifted since, despite all the inflation and rising costs uh, in the intervening years. Also quite a controversial tax for many of Liz Truss's supporters. Um, Truss has promised there will be no new taxes while she's in government. We'll have to wait and see whether she can keep that promise. And Sam, to finish then, I think it's worthwhile, given the struggles and and sadly, even poverty people are facing at the moment, can we run through some of the other support measures out there? What else might people be able to access to help boost their income or or their finances where possible? So if you go online and search which cost of living help, we've got loads of practical tips and guides for you, including changes you can make right away. Look, what's crucial is that if you're struggling to pay your bills now, Talk to the companies that you owe money to. 
energy companies, broadband companies, mobile providers, insurers, banks, they've all got support available for struggling customers. They could temporarily reduce or suspend your bill. They could give you access to hardship funds or put you on a discounted social tariff. But you need to ask, don't suffer in silence. We'd rather not get to that point, of course, which is why it makes sense to check your spending now. So could you cut some of your spending? Could you cut out some subscriptions? Are there subscriptions that you've forgotten that you're paying? Very easy to mm. miss a bill. So check your bank statement. So easily done. We'd rather not get to that point, of course, which is why it makes sense to check your spending now. Check if there's spending you could cut out. It can be very easy to get about subscriptions, but looking at your bank statement or credit card statement can flag up those that you forgot about. Another option is moving bills that you have to pay, such as your car insurance, to a cheaper provider. There's huge savings available there. And of course, you could change where you shop, which has done a lot of research into the cheapest supermarkets. That's exclusive research that we update every month and is well worth taking a look at. Thank you so much to Emily and Sam for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. Please do subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week. And for more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And there's also our free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced by Rob Lilly, recorded and edited by Angus Farker, with additional support from Ian Aikman and Grace Witherden. 